0: Real news. Honest and fun political talk weekly on the line 90.7 FM. This has been another week of the Dems trying to push Trump uh, more and more towards impeachment. But they keep digging. They keep trying to find more stuff. That's really the only thing that's been happening nationally. I mean, there's not been much really happening this week. I mean, Rudy Giuliani was in an interview with Jake uh, Tapper about this whole charade. And he was freaking out and Jim Jordan was on CNN, and all these other people were really, really uh, animated over this. What do you guys think so far?
1: I think it's about time. I think it's about time some of these people just started just calling it what it is. It's just, it, it's just a sham hit job. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, 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 liked how, I liked how Rudy Giuliani it to tapper um I, it, it's just it, it's one of those things where you had like Ruli Giuliani before he used to be like real he used to be kind of a media darling especially yeah. like after 9 11 with the you know and being the mayor of new york and then being a republican uh a, a republican presidential nominee um he was trying to be like, now he's, you know, now that he's Trump's lawyer, it's like, it's almost like a, a, uh, emboldenment. So to say, like, it's like, he's kind of got the freedom to just say whatever's on his mind. And, and for good reason, it's like, you, you, these guys are just, these guys are going to do anything to try to, you know, and by guy, these guys, I mean, like, you know, Jake Tapper, um, those guys they're just trying to you know get whatever they can even though there's nothing they're trying to squeeze blood out of a rock um yeah so i i I don't know i i don't know what they're i don't know what they're oh i mean i know what they're trying to do but i don't know how they think they're gonna go about it i don't know Mm -hmm. how they think they're gonna i I don't know how they think that they're gonna be successful like what 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 do they think some some dirt's just all of a sudden gonna pop up out of nowhere like it's it's not i mean what they're trying to do and and even if it is even if it is just a stall tactic, i mean they really haven't worked i mean not really um yeah,
0: and the thing, too, is there's, like, Rui Giuliani, like you say, used to be sort of a mediator because he was more of a centrist Republican. I think he's even pro-choice or he's not fully pro-life, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah, so, he's pro-choice. Yeah, so there you go. Like, and, you know... Now they've all just sort of ganged up against him and acted like he's crazy. And they have no uh, any sympathy for him because he's Trump lawyer, Trump's lawyer now. And that's the thing. It's like whenever you become friends with Trump, the media automatically start hating you. And whenever you become like a victim of Trump, they'll start loving you. So they started loving Jeff Sessions. They started loving um, James Comey. They started loving all these people that, you know, they would normally not love until it became... You know, on, almost on their team in a way, or sympathetic for their cause, which is really silly. They,
1: they even embraced David Duke, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. They should. No, no, no. They they embraced
0: Richard Spencer. CNN had him on as a contributor. Because
2: mm-hmm. he he has that's such a. a that's what I meant to say. Yeah. That's what I meant to say. Everyone has Richard Spencer on because he's not even. He doesn't believe in what he says he believes. That guy's so full of crap.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well we know somebody that uh, interviewed him. Mm-hmm. I heard you too. Talk- uh,
2: I just feel that no one, like no one, knew him before he just started saying crazy stuff and like co-opting, you know, the term alt right. And I, don't know, I think he was probably always a leftist, and they just thought, like, like I don't want to say uh, like a false flag sort of person, but like they made him. In-
0: well, yeah, they, they. I I think he was a nobody till the media was looking for a new. A punching bag to smear right-wingers as racist, And David Duke's kind of an older name, so they, they picked up this new alt-right guy named Richard Spencer, and they're like, hey, this is the perfect one. And that's where, you know, he only got fame because the media keeps giving it to him. Mm-hmm. But nobody really cares about him, for the most part. Um,
2: Doesn't uh, he, like, uh, date some, like, uh, like, some feminist, like, I don't know, wicking or something?
0: What what were you saying?
2: See, didn't he, like, date some, like, super, like, radical feminist, like, witch after he divorced his one wife?
0: Oh, I didn't know that. He probably would.
2: Like, yeah. that's just disingenuous.
0: Yeah. And his previous wife, he beat her, dragged her down the stairs, did all a bunch of other screwed up stuff. Doesn't surprise me. Well, speaking of these sort of, uh, you know, I guess because Spencer's almost an e-celeb in a way because nobody doesn't really have any talks or anything. But speaking of e-celebs, we announced uh, this is a terrible segue going from a white nationalist to this. But, you know, uh, on Thursday at the Turning Point USA meeting at Penn State, we announced our first major speaker who's going to be at our big speaking event october 23rd it is the one and only sargon of Akkad, aka carl benjamin he'll be coming to penn state october 23rd i'm super excited for this and this thursday we're gonna announce our second name of you know the the second guy that's gonna be at this double header speaking event it's gonna be called the censored it's about censorship big tech censorship uh, and what it's like to be a YouTuber now in 2019. It's going to be very interesting. There's going to be each one of them's going to give a little speech, and they're going to take Q&A uh, for most of the event. You know, have a good Q&A session. And we're going to, next week, open up VIP ticket options, and it's probably going to involve a meet and greet of sorts because both speakers have agreed to that, so that's probably what we're going to give our VIPs. But we'll wait and see with that. I'm not going to make any promises I can't keep, but, you know, I'm pretty excited for it.
1: Yeah, it's it sounds good. It sounds like uh like like it's pretty cool how how you got the, you know, these big names to come on. It's, it's yeah. pretty incredible
0: actually. Like Oh I know, it was so lucky that Sargon pulled through because he's on the other side of the pond in England. Mm-hmm. So it's rare mm-hmm. for him to come to America to begin with, but I was lucky enough for that when I met because I was looking for all kinds of names. So I originally only had our second speaker uh because i got his phone number through through one of our friends and i already set something up with him over the summer and he was already down to do it but i was looking for a second name to kind of give it some more oomph to this event and i was looking all around i was trying a bunch of people and nobody was coming through and he was the one name that came through and it shocked me of all the ones that came through it was him i started talking to his assistant and we've set up an event already and oh my god it's gonna be so cool and it's uh it's gonna be real special. And you know, so far we're the only political club uh on campus that's announced a speaking event this uh for this semester. I don't think college dems have anything planned. I don't think CRs have anything planned. Am I
1: wrong? I I I don't keep up with them, so I couldn't tell you. <laughs>
2: Do the CRs have truth week yet, or are they still doing that?
0: Uh there was last week was like register the vote week whatever that was and they had debate with uh the college Zems on climate change but other than that i don't know what's going on man they were supposed to have a free speech i don't know if it was Yao or the crs i mean i saw it on the Yao twitter so i don't know what that's about but it was either Yao or crs or both of them i don't know who to be honest with you supposed to have a free speech bomb friday but that didn't happen that that's the only thing i've heard of
2: I know they in years past, like for the longest time, they had Truth Week, which would be like one week of, you know, they get speakers, they get the NRA over, they do a bunch of different stuff for like a whole week. And that used to be their big thing during the fall semester. And I, I guess they must have canceled that, I guess.
0: I don't know. To be honest with you, I really, I don't even know if they had last year. I don't remember them. I remember they had the NRA last year. But I don't even know if they called it Truth Week or they even had a bunch of stuff lined up because they didn't have their great debate, which, you know, is there big thing but they didn't have that so yeah it's pretty disappointing but hey i'm just here trying to you know work with um i turning point people to put on the best show we can possible i mean i don't care what they do if they bring stuff that's cool that's more you know more power to them more power to the movement but i haven't seen anything
1: yeah they can do whatever they want i really i really could care less like yeah. i and my and by them I mean college Republicans, college Democrats, college independents. I'm not I'm not yeah. really like we're like 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 with turning point like turning point seems to be like on the front on the forefront of doing a lot, you know, and by a lot like you know you got events you've got speakers you've got like there's so there's so much stuff and then there's so much stuff being planned like legitimate stuff it's like well you know you got other groups that just like fling stuff you know hey we have this one speaker we think he might come like 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 with turning point it's like it's a little bit stronger than that it's like oh we're in contact we're looking logistically what we can do to make it happen we like you know then this is like it's a huge testament to the group like the admin board i it, it you guys are incredible
0: one thing I've learned with speakers is that you got to plan this stuff way far in advance. You can't do last mix. You got to get funding in 40 days for your event. You have to get a room booked, and rooms book up quickly here. And you got to get in contact with these speakers, really, because their stuff books up too, because they have plans. They have to plan stuff out. That's why our spring one, we already had that working in the summer for our spring event. We already have book, book, two venues booked, the, the, the two biggest ones we can get at Penn State, because it's going to be really big. We don't know how big it's going to be. So, You know, best of plan, as big as possible.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. I know. I mean, you're going to pick one that's definitely the appropriate size, but you have a big event planned, and then you only get, like, a handful of people to show up. You don't want that either.
0: I know. Yeah, I know. Like, that's waiting for this event that we have coming up. I
1: highly doubt. I highly doubt only a handful of people are going to show up to these events.
0: Yeah. I I highly doubt it. For Sargon, we've already sold a good chunk of tickets, but and we haven't even advertised yet. Once we start pushing the advertising, I think we're going to fill our room with 300 people. I really hope we do, and I think we will. And the media hasn't talked about him yet, which I've already told a few reports about. So once things start getting out there, when word starts spreading, that's when, mm-hmm. that's when we get it going.
2: Because then the protesters probably don't know what's going on either.
0: I know, and I want them I know. to know. <laughs> Because we know oh, they'll have a lot of issues with Sargon, sure I wouldn't even.
2: Well, see, I kind of wonder like what, like how about the protesters would be with him. Because I know when you yeah, had the Trump Jr. event, there was you know quite a few protesters, but there wasn't as many as I think there would be. Like honestly, yeah. When Ben Shapiro came, there was like more protesters, and the protesters were more, I don't know, disruptive. And maybe the police presence helped you know, calm some of that.
0: Yeah. Well, and the other thing too is the guy we're hoping to get in the spring. I think he could get more protests than any other event. I think you guys would agree with that.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> Cause I mean, he just, he, he gets under people's skin. He triggers them in a way that nobody else quite does.
2: I agree with that. It would definitely be a, um, it'll be a fun time when that happens. Yes
0: yes yeah. you you two better be up here for that
2: <laughs> oh yeah oh
0: yes <laughs> oh Absolutely. my god um if you want to call into the show um since we don't have a guest yet and we need something to talk about honestly calling at 814-865-9577 814-865-9577 and you can have a conversation with us and Debate us, discuss what we're talking about, you know, whatever you want, and we can have fun. Um. So, and we also hope, by the way, just as a tease, because I've been talking uh, to the assistant about this, but we do hope to have Sargon on this show. I don't know when it will be. I don't know how it will be, like Colin, you know, IRL, but we're going to try and get him on, and we'll see what we can do with that. But, oh, we got a caller. All right. Hi, right, how's it going? You wanna introduce yourself and uh, say whatever you want to say?
4: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it'd be my pleasure. So, college, I was <laughs> uh, philosophy major, poli sci minor. Oh, nice. Point USA representatives.
0: Are you are you a represent for Turning Point? You said?
4: Oh no, I'm i uh, I'm wondering if.
0: Are you wondering if one of us is a Turning Point representative? Yeah. Oh yeah, yes. You're actually talking right now to the president of Turning Point USA, Penn State.
4: Okay, great. Wait, what, what's your name, man?
0: Sean. Still there? Hello. Yeah, hello. Hi. Oh yeah. I. I, uh, I was
4: just wondering, what's your. Sorry, what's your name? I didn't just.
0: Sh- Sean. Sean. Okay.
4: Cool. Uh, pleasure talking to you. Uh, I'm just the reason why I'm calling you is uh, I'm interested to get your take on the recent, uh, I guess, news cycle about the Ukraine scandal,
0: or whatever you call it. Yeah, yeah, sure. So, I believe, basically, Trump did nothing wrong on this phone call. If you read the transcripts, uh, when he's talking to the Ukrainian president, and when he does refer to a favor, like many are pointing out to, is the quid pro quo, there is no quid pro quo there. He's referring to a previous uh, corruption scandal in Ukraine over election meddling. And he's also talking about arms deals before that. But then he does mention Joe Biden's son later and Joe Biden, but he doesn't ever say uh, anything like, hey, we're going to withhold aid from you for that. And he had already had plans before uh, to pull back aid because he doesn't want all these other countries, um, you know, not paying their fair share into uh, NATO and and things like that. And... You know, if it was a quid pro quo, they would know about this, but the Ukrainian president never knew that he was playing on withholding aid. So I don't see a quid pro quo there at all.
4: Okay, yeah, I mean, a pro definitely see that. I mean, I could see why that would be considered an issue. Yeah. I mean, I think, like, isn't asking a foreign country to get involved in... Uh, the political election cycle, like, wouldn't that well if... impeachment
0: Sorry, what was that again?
4: Oh, uh, I'm just wondering, wouldn't asking foreign governments to get involved in, I guess, a political investigation of our del- delegates, uh, mm-hmm. wouldn't that be sufficient grounds to start?
0: Well, it would be if, you know,
4: it's unprecedented to get other.
0: Yeah, I can understand that. But Trump never, you know, made a quid pro quo. And he was asking to investigate um, past corruption because it could involve further corruption or further election meddling, which I don't see anything wrong with. I mean, the Democrats are all about stopping election meddling. So if they want to stop election meddling, well, you know, (laughs) that's what Trump's doing.
4: How is getting Ukraine in China preventing election meddling?
0: Well, what was that? Sorry, you cut out there a little bit. Oh,
4: uh, I'm just wondering how getting foreign governments involved in our election cycle is preventing election meddling. That seems a little
0: paradoxical. Well, I don't think he's really. I don't know if I'd say he's getting them involved. He's more just telling him to look at if there's anything going on with Hunter Biden there, because that's something that happened in the past. Everybody admits to Shady that he's getting paid lots of money for something he wasn't qualified for. And, you know, the whistleblower, too, of all this is got tied to the CIA and apparently was trying to help a political rival. That's according to the White House. So I'm very suspicious of all this. Uh, do, Do Phil and Alex, you guys want to add anything to this?
2: I, I think that whole Ukraine thing—it's been blown way out of proportion. Like, you know, if someone's, you know, performing corrupt behavior, there's uh, like someone actually, like, absolutely has the right to go and investigate it, and to go and otherwise. Like, you know, we have treaties with Ukraine saying that, you know, we can investigate these things. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's a double standard, especially when the uh you know Obama administration did the same thing, but even worse. Yeah. Wait. And, you know, wait what what of the, British,
0: right, what uh, the Obama thing you're talking about? He's asking Alex, "What would be the Obama thing you're talking about?"
2: Um, with the FISA warrants and like working with um, what was that? the guy who is like an ex-MI5 operative? Uh,
1: uh, are you yeah, talking about the okay. Steele
0: dossier? Yeah,
1: yeah, the Steele dossier.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, all right, well, I'm about to sit down for dinner, but I appreciate you taking my call. Um, yeah, I right, well, hope you all
0: have a great night. Yep, have a good night, sir. Thanks for calling in.
4: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yep, Bye. have a nice night.
2: Yeah.
0: Bada bing, bada boom.
2: the oh. Ukraine stuff, I just feel like that's probably the biggest, like, you know... Hoax. I mean, like, it's the next thing, yeah. Like, right after the Russia thing didn't work, they go to the next door neighbor the Ukraine.
0: Yeah, literally.
2: I mm-hmm. to bring that up. And I mean... You know, the Russia thing didn't work. Now, the Ukraine, they're trying to get them with that. And it's like, what's the next one they're going to do? It's like Belarus.
1: You
2: know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, they'll find another it'd be, country.
1: It'd be different if it was... Like, it would be totally different if what Hunter Biden did was small, minute, and, like, not really, not really that important. But this is, like, some major... Like, the Hunter Biden story is actually quite major like when you're talking about uh, you're, you're talking about entrusting the presidency with some some somebody that basically uh you know held held money in ransom to a country unless they fired a process uh, the person that prosecuted mm-hmm. hunter for being corrupt like
0: And Biden's it, called on tape bragging about firing this famous prosecutor.
1: Yeah, I I and it's like and and it's a gross it it, it is corruption. Like did, could Hunter Hunter would not have gotten that board position if his last name wasn't Biden. Exactly. Like he, or if yeah. it,
0: well no, he would have if it was Clinton.
1: Well, I mean, I'm <laughs> saying like if it wasn't for his last name, yeah, he wouldn't I have gotten that position. Um And yeah, look how much money he was making a month. You know that's ridiculous. Fifty thousand dollars a month. Jesus. That is ridiculous. Most Americans
0: yeah. don't make that in a year.
2: Well, and yeah. especially Ukrainians. Like you know how much like money the average guy in Ukraine makes.
0: It's, nothing. like, next
2: to nothing. And then Biden over here is making, like, money in the United States. So that would be ridiculous. So in Ukraine, it would be almost unheard of.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Like, there was some really shitty stuff. And then I, I read another article that said, like, Nancy Pelosi's, like, I don't know if it was uh, her son or relative was in a similar situation with another Ukrainian company.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. You know, there's just this whole, like, you know, really shady uh, or like operation going on with like big democrats in ukraine like we're like this should be the number one news story but it's you know because the left controls the media narrative because they control the media companies for the most part mm-hmm. no one's talking about it
0: but they are talking about how bernie sanders had a heart attack Imagine if that happened in the Oval Office, him having a heart attack. I mean, this just totally unqualifies him for the presidency. And I think that's what the Democrats know. That's like, oh, it's a good way to finally take him out of the race.
2: Like, I mean, you know, I I don't like Bernie Sanders, but, you know, I'm sorry to hear that he had a heart attack out, you know, just as a human to human thing. Yeah. Yeah. he's so, he like, he's, he's getting up there in age. He really, you know, he's pushing himself hard. And I think in his heart, like he doesn't have malicious intent like Hillary Clinton would have. I think he truly believes in what he says he believes. But I think what he believes is, you know, just backwards and absolutely terrible for the country. But, you know, I just think it's time for him to, to stop, you know, he's getting up there in age he's been a career politician. He should probably look into exiting that, you know, right. Ra- that whole domain. 'Cause you know, he's he needs to retire. You know, he's, mm-hmm. he's got the money mm-hmm. for it.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I disagree. I th- I th- I think uh I think Bernie is uh about as unauthentic as it gets. But I actually agree. I do too. But from but like you said, from a human perspective, you're like, Well, you know, you, you just you hope they recover and you hope they, yeah. you know. Um Yeah, I just don't see you, how you gotta be above that. And yeah, and we really have to be above that too, like from from a you know, um, from a human perspective, because you know, like you know,
0: the lat there was well, they're the ones on that the cheered left, when like, Roger Ailes died. They're the one that cheered when you like, know Coke the Coke above, one of the Coke brothers
2: yeah. died. They yeah. were cheering. So it it's like poor guy. Who, who's the guy from the Oh Scalia. Scalia? Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah so they were
2: and I think that needs to be investigated too, because if you look into that whole thing, there mm. was a lot of really shady dealings. With
3: that.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. We could have a whole conspiracy hour on that one alone.
1: Sound like Jesse Ventura or something like that, <laughs> or Alex <laughs> Jones.
2: Well, here's the thing, you know, if the um, who is their their Wonder Woman out there right now?
0: <laughs> RGB or uh, RBG. If-
2: so like yeah rbg dies you know they would f- put on a full investigation they'd probably still blame trump
0: yeah <laughs> they'll say I oh he he uh he um and, and, you know uh sped up her death or something the little cop comes with some silly excuse Say
2: so he like maliciously uh, per- put stress onto her, <laughs> yeah. her stress. but like you know when uh you know that guy like when that guy died in the Scalia, it was like, Oh yeah, he's, he just died. And, you know, and they said good riddance to him. Like I've talked to people who believe that that's, Mm -hmm. you you gotta have that sort of human element in yourself to go and realize, you know, Hey, I might disagree with you, you know, unless you were actually like a truly terrible person, like Stalin or Hitler or something
0: or bin Laden.
2: Yeah. Like someone who did, terrible things to people and like, you know, literally killed people Yeah. that I, I think we should be, you know, happy about, or like Mugabe, yeah, he's a good example of someone who did legitimately terrible things to people and, you know, deserves what he got, like, you know, I hope can, he rots. Can you water. imagine
0: how they're going to react when Trump dies? They're going to think it's like, oh my God, we've killed bin Laden again. This is amazing. Oh my God. The orange man is gone.
2: If Trump got assassinated right now, I'm sure they'd have people like the left will go and have celebrations like when bin Laden was killed. Oh, yeah.
0: Um, and when Trump know, maybe, does eventually die, I want to see how the media reacts to that. They're going to be like, well, you know, uh, they're going to say something along the lines, probably, in my opinion, of something like, well, you know, some people liked him and some people didn't. So his passing is. You know, it's, it's, it's not the worst thing in the world. You know, they'll say something like that. Well, they, they won't go as far, probably most of them. I mean, there'll be some that they will go far and say like, yeah, we're glad he's dead. But then there'll be some they will be like, well, you know, they'll kind of like imply that, you know, they're a little bit happy he's gone, but they won't full on say it. You know, some of them are pretty uh, disgusting that way.
2: I think it depends on when he dies, really. Like, if it's like within the first election cycle after, you know, the next election, like within, you know, the, the next five, 10 years, I think they will like legitimately celebrate. You see, like, Jimmy Fallon or whoever, you know, on those sort of talk shows, they'd be like making jokes about his death. But I think mm. if you wait, like a good, like, 10, if he dies in like 10, 15 years, they'll like, I think that this Trump, like, Insanity that's going on right now will probably have faded, and you'll start to see more tact responses. But who knows? Like, it could even get worse to the left after Trump's out of office. I mean, well, what if
0: there's a more far, like a much further right guy in office at the time? Then they'll
1: be like, "Oh, you mean? Oh, you mean like you know? You mean like Mike Pence?" Yeah, 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 yeah. Because then they'll be like, "Yeah, like yeah, you'd like." No, I think people, if he if he's still in office, if Trump is still in office, I think. They're the, like they're not going to be celebrating. Yeah. I, I don't because they know Mike Pence is about to take over. No, but like, <laughs> oh my I mean, god! Me, realistically, realistically, you you can like any logical thinking person, which disqualifies most of the left, by the way. But <laughs> most logically think, thinking people would be like, you know, Donald Trump. I mean, he he's a Republican, he's conservative, but he's not he's moderate. That, yeah, he he's actually quite moderate for being a Republican. Um and yeah, I I and so you you put you put Pence in, I'm not sure. I I I'm not sure <laughs> you're going to get the same moderate well you'll um, get the same
0: reactions they have now which is like, you know, well uh so and so is bad but he's not as bad as what we have now they'll say that they say that about bush now you know Seth so that be like oh bushy oh, yeah. oh he attacked trump uh you know well he's not as bad as we remembered him maybe you know it's like jesus you guys were the ones that thought he was the devil like a few years ago because of you know the iraq war uh the only one other thing i want to mention uh well, there's two things but i'll mention this one first because so i didn't get a chance to mention it two weeks ago because we had Cosmic Rebecca on, and you know she had a lot to say and filled up the whole two hours there so I'll mention it right now. I was in a world on conversation thing with Sam Richards class uh, a few weeks ago, and I told you two guys bounce by into our audience that you know we were in a discussion, and uh, we were talking about something to do with like i remember talking about cultures and relativism and you know how people can be in bubbles and so i was like explaining like how some people have certain views or their perceptions are formed because of their environment or how their environments basically shape them so i said something along the lines of oh you know some people live in uh cities some people live in rural areas some people live in slums some people live in you know rich neighborhoods and the the, the facilitator of the discussion literally just went we don't use that word here and i'm like Wait what? what? Wait, and I'm like the word slum, and she just goes. W- 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 I'm like, she's we don't we t- don't j- we don't use that word. And I asked her, and I said, well, why? And she says, well, the, 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 they are better words. Like, well, what, what? I can think of a better word, but would be a bit more offensive than that. Uh, by your logic, it was absolutely silly. I she had this thing just she has like something against me the whole time, and we had these like Native American speakers in the other day, and one of them. Okay, the one girl isn't even Native American. She's like half Lebanese and half, um, I I forget what else, like some other mixture. And then her husband was Russian and had some Native American in him. And he was talking about how his daughter, who's like, you know, I guess less than a year old, maybe a little over, he was saying, you know, he was talking about how He's worried about the effects that it might have living in a society with teams like the Redskins or baseball teams with Native American mascots. And he then mentioned that he basically had an issue with the idea of her, he's like well, going to like kindergarten and seeing people dressed up in Native American costumes. And I'm like, he's like, well, what, what's that going to do to my daughter? And I'm just thinking nothing, absolutely nothing. Nothing.
2: Like, you know, I see people in, you know, crusader outfits all the time, you know, like joking around with that and it doesn't offend me because I'm like of European heritage.
1: Same. But. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah. So I was I was uh I was a part of that like like I think it was it was two semesters ago. So actually probably last year. And um uh, and, and we had the same thing. We had like two like native americans come speak or whatever yeah, and yeah. uh and i i i said right out of the gate well it's it's funny you mentioned how offensive the redskins name is because the washington post did a poll back in 2016 mm-hmm. when that whole thing was going on and it came to find out that 9 out of 10 native americans didn't care <laughs> okay they didn't care it was like the word uh, redskin wasn't offensive like to them like it, they didn't care it was like i like these are people that like well let's be let's let, let's be honest here most of these people that are claiming offensive stuff are white people white they, they bourgeois white liberals.
0: liberals yes
1: white liberals like i'm offended by that are you native american absolutely not yeah uh, i'm like, 132nd. <laughs> Or yeah, you know, yeah, you know, you're gonna play the Elizabeth Warren card, like yeah. what oh, um ten fifty six or so I don't know, what whatever it was. One in ten fifty six Native American. I'm like, wow, that's awesome. Yeah.
0: Um yeah, it's totally disingenuous and at the same time the the two speakers they they, they claim they knew the origin of the term Redskin, which I think they're what they're saying is false, because they said mm-hmm. it came from when the French would uh, skin Native Americans and it would be all bloody, so that's where came the term redskin came mm-hmm. from. If you look on Wikipedia, first of all, I never saw that mention. Second of all, the origin is disputed. Nobody can agree on um, where that term came from. Some of it say it's because Europeans would call them the Native Americans' redskins because their skin looked different than theirs, and... Yeah.
2: I Others mean, say
0: if, it's from like the blood that would get on them from when they're fighting in war. So I don't know.
2: I mean, you know, just if you have, if you're not colorblind, you know, you can see that. Hey, you know, calling someone this, I mean, you know, it's not, you know, maybe it's not very, you know, nice to say now, but you can yeah. see where they came up with that. You know, like it, like they probably call me like white skin or whitey or something. Mm-hmm. You no, know, it's not that. Like, it doesn't have to have this like crazy origin story. <laughs> or calling, yeah. you know. People
0: at. Yeah, it's not going to be like Joker where it has this origin story that'll freak you out, you know, mm-hmm. make you traumatized. But at the same time, it was also ridiculous because they put a picture up on the screen and it was like this kid uh, at a uh, Redskins game. And I guess the people next to him were dressed in, like, Native American costumes with the head thing. And they had, like, little Native American uh, makeup on them. And they're like, what's this kid thinking? What's he learning from this experience? I'm like, the only thing he's learning is how expensive football games are. Because he doesn't care. And, I mean, when you put on... It's, it's not like blackface, okay, where that's got a really, uh, you know, complicated but also negative... Uh, and racist origins were like it was done to make fun of black people and it was done in a very demeaning and uh racist way this stuff is just it's just what they wore this is what native americans wore they wore headscarves they they put makeup on them it's like it's just like dressing up as let's say a ja- uh, Wolfie, let's say your little daughter wants to jet dress up as a Japanese traditional Japanese lady, and she puts on the white, you know, uh, makeup, and puts the um, little things in the hair, and puts on a typical Japanese dress. What's wrong with that? There's literally nothing wrong with that. I bet Japanese people would love it. I don't see what the harm is. What's traumatizing? What's?
1: I just don't get it. You you ever see you ever see the movie Tropic Thunder? is that with
0: Robert <laughs> Downey. Yeah.
1: That couldn't get yeah. made uh with Robert well, Downey but, Jr. Yeah, yeah. So so the so, <laughs> so, that, so that so it reminds me of that scene where 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 Ben Stiller's like, "Okay, you people go this way." And then Robert Downey Jr. is like, "What do you mean, you people?" And then <laughs> the Brandon Brandon T Jackson's character that, who's african-americans like what do you mean you people yeah to me that's like that that's what it reminds me of like these white people that are getting offended by stuff that doesn't really apply to, to them yeah per se you know I, the chinese have a term for those people like literally called white liberal if you look at
2: how mm-hmm. it's said over there, <laughs> i'll yeah, have to we, ask we our friend it, when he comes it, over <laughs>
0: I gotta get him. No. Oh, I gotta record like an interview with him because he's gonna be here for a few days uh, next week. I'm gonna get him in the social 19 class. By the way, oh my god, that'll be so funny having our friend in there, <laughs> our Chinese friend, base yeah. Chinaman.
2: Uh, have a lot of interest. Like I'm sure Sam would probably have a lot of fun with him. Oh
0: yeah. Oh my god, he's so funny. I'm like, dude, you're, you're doing this. I don't care. You're doing this. <laughs>
1: I will definitely watch the live
0: YouTube feed of that one. And Sam better be there because Sam wasn't here this week for these Mm -hmm. last two classes. He better be there because, oh, my God, our Chinese friend, he is so freaking funny. The stuff he says, the way he says it, he has no fear. And he's like got this innocence to him. It's just so funny. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, I can't wait. But yeah, I, I just get so annoyed where they have to go out for these Halloween costumes over stupid stuff. And what they're doing is killing fun. And nobody likes people that are buzz kills that kill fun. And that's where they're going to lose. And I was even Googling like, you know, ban Halloween costumes. There's so many universities like Purdue that ban these harmless you know, ones like Pocahontas or some of these other ones. I'm like, you people are insane. You know, I, I've even learned like because I was making a few jokes to a friend recently and yeah, I won't say his name because uh, I want not embarrass him, but I was making some jokes about dating and stuff, and he was getting all offended and whatnot, and I'm like, comedy's dead. Like, I don't know what's happened, but what? just recently, it seems to have gotten even worse. People are offended over this Joker movie, which I'm going to see and see if it's what people are saying, but people are so, like, I think the sensitivity, like, literally over the past few months has gotten even worse.
3: Mm, well,
1: well you well you was, did
2: you 2013 when things started getting like well did did yeah. any
1: did any of you read there was a there was an article there was an article like a couple of days ago where todd phillips yeah todd phillips, todd phillips can't make comedy joker he says he stopped making comedy Mm-hmm. because of this woke culture, which, you know, it's a legitimate gripe. And of course, you know, you got other people and mainly liberals like, oh, woke co- Their Comedy's not dead. There's a whole bunch of stuff out there. What, but, Amy like, Schumer? Yeah, but That's not the point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's like, yeah, well, no, that's just not funny. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um,
0: but that's what the point like, to. They're like, oh, Amy Schumer's but, got a new special. And I'm like, yeah, yeah and I like, don't want to see it.
1: Yeah, nobody wants to see that. But no, it's like you legitimately have um, co- comedians that are kind of walking on eggshells, whether yeah. it's doing movies or doing stand up or doing TV, whatever. And it's like, you know, even like, you know, even, you know, Steven Crowder, you know, even he's kind of, you know, I mean, he's he hasn't really cooled it much, but he's kind of done it a little bit, like with mm. the whole the whole um, carlo Carlos Maza thing. Yeah. So it's a real thing. It's a re- re- legitimate gripe, and one of the things, one of the complaints I saw is, oh, that that only applies to not funny people. So if you're funny, you should have nothing to worry about. Yeah. It's like no. <laughs> Todd yeah. Phillips has a legitimate gripe, yes. and and his movies and his movies have grossed over two point five billion dollars worldwide. Like, clearly, he's a successful comedy director. But like, I mean, y- you got people walking on eggshells. Mm-hmm. It's legitimate, and well, well I'm th- just glad. I think. I
0: yeah. yeah, I think the other thing, too, is I had a bit of a contrast um, to this sort of thing. Because the night before, uh, we did our first TrainPoint Point USA Penn State um, club dinner. We're doing these monthly dinners. And we're hanging out with all these, you know, right-leaning people. And what I just love, see, this is where it's hard to even be friends with left-wingers now. It's because you can't have the same amount of fun with them. You really just can't. Unless you find some really cool one with the, my, with my, you know, my base right wing friends, whatever you want to call them. You can just say whatever you want. You don't have to worry about it. And if you say something that it's wrong, they call you out for it or, you know, they raise concern, but we self-correct and we don't police each other though. We It's a different sort of thing. You know, it's not like, oh, you're offensive. You're get out of here. You, you bigot. I don't want you here. It's just, hey, dude, dude, cut that crap out. Or, hey, that's dumb. What are you saying that for? You know, it's different. And yeah, even if, if you, that does happen, which it didn't happen, but the thing is, you can just say whatever you want. You can have f- true free fun. And I noticed that, I was like, oh, God, I haven't had fun like this in quite a while. And you don't need a drink, you don't need a drug, you don't need anything. You just need people that are fun, that are funny, and that are just wanna say whatever the heck they want. And it's just, oh, it's so much better. Like, you, just, you don't wanna hang out with anyone else after that. And then the next day, and I start talking to somebody who's more on the left. He starts getting sensitive over stuff. I'm like, dude, I'm kidding. I'm joking. Like, oh, my God. Like, I can't. You just can't joke anymore. And another uh, another thing was on Wednesday, we did our free speech ball with uh, Turning Point here. And we're rolling it around. People are writing whatever they want. To. And then when we got went to the Willard Preacher. For those who don't know, he's the... Uh, infamous preacher at Penn State that stands outside the Willer building and tells everybody that they're going to hell. And, um, you know, he's actually a very interesting guy, very good debater too, even though I disagree with him on quite a few things. He's still conservative like me, probably more conservative than me. But I was talking to him about free speech and explaining to him the ball, and we eventually got him to write on it, which was pretty cool. But he even said, like, you know, the way – you know he said free speech is dead on campuses but the way to bring it back is to be is to say the things they don't want you to say and you know that's why i I hinted at him who we're going to bring in the spring and i told him a little bit about our fall speak event and he liked that and that's what i i know i noticed you know this it's going to be good about our events is that we're bringing people that the campus doesn't want us to bring and they're saying things that people don't want to hear but that's exactly what they do need to hear they need to hear these sort of things and You know, that's the way you sort of push things back. That's how you push back against this censorship, against this language policing, is by saying the things they don't want you to say and being funny. That always helps.
2: They're making it, like, cool to be, you know, right-wing because what the establishment wants is automatically, like, you know, not cool. So when the the, uh, anti-establishment wants something, it generally is like, oh, really cool. Like, you know, back in the 80s, it was like, you know, biker biker stuff or like punk and then now it's like you know being basically from you know being conservative like that's why you know i think milo said it like you know or not milo apologists
0: yes yes
2: you know conservatism is the new punk rock and he's right with that
0: tell me if i'm wrong with this but have there been less just comedies you know being made now i think there were way more comedies in film and tv Back, you know, maybe in the, in the early 2000s and now, Like I just don't see anything anymore.
2: Chappelle just did his uh skit not too long ago, and that was a um pretty interesting one. But other than that, like, I mean, you know, we saw South Park, I guess, you know, Grand Tours still does its thing. Um, But that's not really, I mean, kind of is like a buddy comedy. I don't know, like, you still see comedies out there, but I feel that a lot of these people, they get a pass for some of the stuff that they say that the average Joe probably won't be able to go and say, but now you're starting to go and like, there, there's been a slight decline, I think. Yeah. And it's going to be continuing and the type of comedy that we see just, you know, it's not as funny. Like if you go and look at like comedy from, uh, you know, just like early two thousands, like look at American pie. Like they would not be able to go and make those movies anymore. I don't think same thing with Monty Python, mm-hmm. like especially like we were watching life of Brian a couple weeks ago there's no way in heck that movie would be other <laughs> nowadays. And it wasn't even like that bad either. You know, look at Blazing Saddles. Oh, one.
0: God, that would not get made. Even like it when, wasn't. remember when Tarantino made Django Unchained, which is kind of a revisionist history movie? People were attacking Jamie Foxx and Quentin, who are both left wing people, like very left wing people. People were going after them hard on the left, saying, "Oh, you said the n-word like this bajillion number of times. That's terrible.
1: How could you do this?" And then you had uh, you had Quentin Tarantino was like, "Well, back in those days, that word was used quite a bit. Mm. Like, if you're if you want to be honest historically, like, look, let's be honest historically, right? Don't uh, th- like that's that's what I was going for. I don't."
0: Yeah. A, it's like huckleberry finn that word has the n-word in it a lot and we not
2: ban that too don't and the same thing with to kill mockingbird that was actually probably one of the biggest like civil rights and uh you know ironically the whole other context of it was don't you know sometimes an accuser you know is making stuff up yeah you know that that whole con that whole book they banned that's one of the most banned like kids books in schools but i mean it, it was an interesting story yeah. The sequel is especially interesting too 'cause like a lot of leftists got really upset that their favorite kid their favorite character was actually like a clan member later on. Mm. That's funny too, 'cause like people were named after Atticus, and they're like, go oh, shoot like after uh, you know <laughs> he made that And now he's made, a racist. Yeah, they like 'cause that was the original copy like to set a watchman or whatever. Yeah. And like Atticus Finch, by that time he like you know, he turned into this like racist like you know kkk member Which is and now there's like people named atticus they're like oh shoot <laughs> it's like <laughs> you know they name this like forest is like oh shoot or like you know stuff like that it's like i don't want to be associated with that i'm gonna get my name changed
0: well uh, i even why- saw when we were in the bookstore the other day i saw that there's an the sequel to the handmaid's tale has come out uh why i'm already forgetting the name of it but i'll find it i i yep. bet that's got a lot of uh Trump undertones and a lot of anti-Trump crap. Because even the author said, "Like, well, you know, I think I wasn't gonna write a sequel, but now in the age of Trump, I think it's the right time."
2: Because you know, I, I hate how they call it, like the age of, It's kind of funny too. They call it the age of Trump, like they're making Trump out to be more than he is, and like they see they they create this sort of thing where he becomes like they meme him into more power than he actually has. Like they make it such a big deal, like. You know, in 2011 it, was, it wasn't the age of Obama. You know, 2003 it wasn't the age of Bush.
0: Mm-hmm. It's always yeah. the age of this guy we hate. You know, they they act like they like dictate everything in culture and politics. Like everything has to revolve around this person. Oh well,
1: think- yeah. That- the, the, the first episode of south park was like i i i used to like south park and then like so i watched the first episode the other day mm-hmm. and it was like and it, it's it's getting like overly political now like it the the yeah i know spoilers but like um
0: you can um, so i am actually have started, no interest in watching this new season yeah
1: okay well then yeah yeah you're not missing much the uh no it, it was about uh they're making fun of the con- they were poking jabs at the content like like the immigration camps mm-hmm. the children immigration camps yeah and uh because the joker movie's coming out soon so they're like uh you realize that you put these people in cages uh you're you you could essentially create the next joker right and and i was and i was like Okay, I'm I'm done with it. That's a little. Yeah.
0: That's that's a silly premise, and, and what's even funny, you notice how, speaking of the Joker movie, it started off with a high critics Rotten Tomato score of like in the '90s. Yeah. Then more critics start seeing it, and it's just dip, 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 dip. It's now at like in the I think it's I think it was at sixty five percent last I checked. Mm-hmm. What's happening? Are they? I thought this was like the sympathetic incel movie. This was the movie where the army was issuing warnings to theaters about incel violence. I'm not even kidding you. But now, like, Milo Yiannopoulos called it a masterpiece. Sargon said it was really great and he liked mm-hmm. it a lot. Mm-hmm. And, and yet, Tim Pool is saying that because uh, you see in the trailers, they are like these people that put on the clown masks and are kind of the Joker's followers. It seems like that's sort of the climax near the end of the film. Tim Poole said, like, yeah, they're literal Antifa. Like literally Antifa. So I'm like, what is this? I am so confused. I'm seeing so many different opinions on the political undertones or the this and that. I don't know what to think. That's why I'm gonna go see it this week, but I'm I'm just I'm confused. Like why you know, why is the score dropping? Why are critics starting to like not like it and the audience score is really high, but people on the right seem to like it. And yet, like, some people say it's still got lefty undertones. I'm confused. I'm really confused.
2: Yeah, I'm, I plan on seeing it, I think, maybe Monday or something. So I get those cheap tickets.
0: Yeah, I'm going to see it on Tuesday, Tuesday mm-hmm. night. So my, I always see a movie on my birthday. I don't know why it's become a tradition of mine, but so that's why I'm going to do it. And we'll do a full review on this show of it because I know we'll all have a lot to say because it's mm-hmm. – It's probably going to be the biggest movie of the year because there's not even no big movies except Endgame. That's just like it. This movie, I'm not going to lie, I have so low expectations going into it. Now my expectations have been raised after the praise. I I think just prediction, I think I'm going to go into it. I think I'm going to come out liking it. It won't be as good as Heath Ledger's Joker, I think, but I think I'll still like it. But I don't know if I'll be on the love train or that's a masterpiece. I don't know if I'll be going that far. We'll see.
2: I don't think anyone could really go up to the, like Heath Ledger's Joker because he literally became the Joker, and that's I think why he ended up you know committing suicide. Is he literally became the Joker in, in his own mind?
0: Well, he didn't so commit suicide. Bad. He OD'd on uh, sleep medications.
2: I thought I thought he did kill himself. Like no,
0: dude. he didn't pull Kurt Cobain. He, the thing with him. When I've read up on this, he, first of all, he locked himself in an apartment for like months to get into the character and develop the voice and develop the whole thing. But he was the type of actor that was a little bit method where when the cameras would go off, he would still be in the character, but he would also spend all nights like partying and doing stuff. He didn't get much sleep. He had trouble sleeping. So he went on these pain or sorry, not pain medications, sleep medications and He would be on multiple ones from multiple doctors, which would sort of mess him up a bit. And he eventually OD'd on them because the doctors uh, didn't know, you know, uh, what pain meds he was on. And he put his all into that performance. It's one of the, I, to me, it's one of the greatest performances of all time. And I think the the issue this movie's gonna have, and that's just the nature of this movie, is there's no Batman in it, so you can't have that interesting character dynamic. I think again, this will be completely different, which is good. I think this is, probably but at the same time, I was one of the one that, and I said on the show, I'm one of those people that's like, the Joker should not have an origin story at all. But we'll see.
2: He's an interesting villain. I think he deserves an origin story. Like, he's probably of the most iconic villains of all time, just throughout history.
0: Yeah. And Did I he, think the Joker will become a thing that's like Shakespearean, where people, each generation has its own interpretation or its own version. And I don't think you're ever going to, you know, stop seeing Joker in anything, you know? I mean, he,
2: he's, you know, timeless. Like,. You know they've had the Joker since you know I guess when did Batman get made like 30s or something 40s 20s Yeah,
0: know. it was about I think it was the 40s and was when the first comics came out and then the TV series in the 60s the Tim Burton movies in the 80s and then the Nolan films in the 2000s and now this but it'll be interesting I mean I'm really interested in it now I I, I hope it, I do hope it's good
1: but we'll see Did you see I it need, yet, Phil? No, I need to start watching more movies though. Mm, I, I do me too. just that, like put in perspective. I just, this, this more, this, uh, afternoon I watched Bohemian Rhapsody for the first time. Oh, I still and, haven't seen it. How was it? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I like, like they won awards or whatever. And I'm like, uh, I I don't know. I, uh, these awards, these awards, people must have really low standards. I, I mean, it was okay. It was okay. But it, well, I, it wasn't amazing I don't think it was i was it wasn't to me it was it really wasn't amazing yeah um i like I, I the the one of the um so one of the one of the beefs i had before the movie even was pr- produced um was originally uh saucer baron cohen or yeah. the guy who plays borat originally wanted to play Freddie Mercury yeah like that was he wanted he wanted to make this movie like he wanted to be a part of this movie but he wanted he wanted to make this movie more raw like he Mm -hmm. wanted to make it about like his like nightlife you know he wanted to focus more on the nightlife of it and some of the mistakes that were made and some of the you know some of the broken relationships that were within his personal life and wanted to make it a culmination. Like it was like, and like, I felt like Bohemian Rhapsody kind of sugarcoated. They They sugarcoated it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And eventually, and, and the, one of the reasons that Sasha Baron Cohen ended up eventually leaving the project was because they wanted to sugarcoat it i'm like well see this
0: is where they make a mistake yeah. with that because the joker movie from yeah. what i'm hearing it's not sugar-coated at all apparently it's pretty violent yeah. pretty bloody pretty dark yeah. you know you have to do what's appropriate for your material
2: the joker movie too you have to take into consideration it's not about an actual person mm-hmm but so I think, so, like, I think I thought the dude who played Freddie Mercury in that movie didn't really look like Freddie Mercury as much as Sasha Berg Cohen. Well, no, Rami no, Malek's
0: Egyptian, he too. He's probably Egyptian. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it wasn't a very good, uh, yeah. And I don't think because, because you think, you think of Freddie Mercury, like, have you ever seen, documentaries or you ever seen youtube videos with freddie mercury yeah you you see this extravagant you see this out there lifestyle yeah larger than life guy very yeah and like i i felt like sasha baron cohen would have played a much better freddie mercury Mm. just because that fit his personality style and he's like he was like look this is freddie mercury this is guy who had parties with, like, plates of cocaine, like, uh, party plates of cocaine and gay and bisexual orgies. Yeah. Like, this is, like, this, like, they they, they, they only brushed, they really only brushed lightly on the HIV part. Mm. Like, they really only kind of brushed it lightly. And, like, no, it's like, look, you gotta, he you, you wanted to kind of there, there was kind of a desire to make a raw picture of how it happened. Like, you know, and they just kind of lightly. But, well, I mean, it it seemed very PC, very, I don't know.
2: I don't know. It, it could have been done a lot better, I feel.
1: But mm-hmm. yeah. it is what it is. I
2: think maybe they were too afraid. Like, maybe they're afraid, like, if they cast, like, Sasha Graham Cohen as They probably think he, you know... People wouldn't take it seriously just because of his, you know. Well,
1: prior work. People, pro- well, people probably wouldn't have seen it if it was too raw. People probably wouldn't have seen it. Like, not, not as many people would have seen it. Know,
2: and like, he's a like, you know, pretty Mercury. He's, he's a pretty popular guy.
4: Well, yeah. and
0: there's also uh, the movie that came out the same year that people say, yeah. some people say it was actually more deserving was Rocket Man, which was about Elton John. Yeah. And Ellen John wrote a article in The Guardian about the movie, and he basically said that he wanted the film to show all parts of his life, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And apparently the film did. I haven't seen it, so I can't attest to any of that. But that's what I heard. Was that and it was like a musical kind of film where like when the songs come on they would they would do it in a musical style. Yeah, I, I've heard that Rocket Man. ...was a more authentic movie. I still haven't seen it. I mean, I haven't seen movies since... I saw one with you, Alex. Uh, the uh, Life of Brian. Cause I just haven't had a lot of time... ...especially dealing with these speaking events. But I will, I'm going to definitely get in Joker... ...on Tuesday night. Because uh, I... See, I've... Uh, like, even in 2017... That was the last time I'd say I, saw, I saw a super great movie. Like, an amazing movie. And that was Blade Runner 2049. That movie is a masterpiece in my opinion. That was one of the greatest movies I've ever seen. And it only won... I mean, it got nominated for quite a few awards, but it only won a few. I think it should have been at the very least nominated for Best Picture, but it wasn't at those Oscars. You know, and that's, see, that's the nature of the Academy. Is like, you know, that movie kind of bombed at the box office. It got, you know, critical praise, like acclaim, you know, universally, and uh, audience praise, you know, universally, but didn't win a lot. So... I I, oh God, I I almost more and more every day I just distrust distrust critics and award shows because they're just so inauthentic, bought, rigged, and paid for. It's oh it's just annoying.
2: They they live in their own little bubble. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, the people who write articles for you know just Buzzfeed. They're that sort of level of like liberal where they live in that establishment. You know not something that I generally agree with. They you know, there are a lot of them are elitists. And I think that's a, you know a whole issue in itself, where they think they're better than you because oh we watch oh I watch these fancy movies. I mean I like to watch fancy movies too. Don't we? like yeah. not fancy but like you know arts. I'll watch classics. I'll watch uh, what was that one like a what was it? tale of America in the West or whatever. Not or the one in New York with
0: oh the, you're thinking Once Upon a Time in America.
2: Yeah, uh, with the Jewish gangster thing there. <laughs> yeah. They had you know I'll, I'll watch old movies you know but. I'm not a snob about it. Like, I'll watch yeah. American Pie, too, I think it's a great movie. I think they all have their own sort of, you know, they'll care with it. You know, like, you, you can appreciate one type of movie without, like, being a snob. But a lot yeah. of people who appreciate, you know, those older movies, they just tend to be snobby people.
0: Yeah, it's like the people... um here I'll give you an example like 2001 Space Odyssey I really love that movie it's a beautiful movie well made and all that but people can get super pretentious about that movie they're like oh Stanley Kubrick was showing this and that in this scene and you know the the, the 10 minutes of silence are really symbolic and representative of space I'm like yeah but it gets a little boring there you know yeah I get it's supposed to make you feel like you're in space but it's a little boring there you know it's like They're not, these critics tend to not be down to earth. Like, even I was actually, I remember when the the Blade Runner 2049 came out, these critics were like, and it was only the critics that said this, because I didn't notice this crap. They're like, you know, the one issue with this movie is how it treats women, you know? Because all the women get hurt, killed, or abused, you know? it's kind of sexist. And they would say this, there's quite a few of them that said, I'm like, you people are looking at the wrong things here. (laughs) I mean, what are you going on about? It's like they made this. I forget where I saw. this. There's actually a documentary being made about how black people are always the first ones to die in horror films. How black people are like mistreated in horror films. I'm like, you guys are like reading into this crap too much.
2: Same thing, like, well, they yeah, had just those like sort of action movies. Like, what was it? I remember seeing like a meme. It was like the Tuskegee Air Airman movie. They're like, if all the guys in there were black, who's gonna be the first one to die? Because I mean, it does happen, but you know. Yeah, I think they make like mountains out of molehills sometimes.
0: Absolutely, it's just silly, 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 silly. Uh, and I was, I was trying to think of another movie. Um, I oh, did you did you see the It Chapter Two? Yeah. How was that?
2: Uh, like I saw the original, like you know, mini series sort of, you know, the the old one that came out like I think here in the '90s or something. Yeah, I saw that one. I don't know. It just seemed like the new one in general is just so much more vulgar. Like, you Mm. know, that, that was the whole thing. It's actually a horror movie. That's actually like, you know, you know, scary. It's it's a modern horror movie. I mean, I I mean, I don't know if I call it super scary. Like I I don't get really scared by that sort of genre of of horror movie. Like I like the, you know, conjuring sort of horror movie, like with the demonic horror. But when you have something fantastical like that, it's, it definitely had its moments. Mm -hmm. I thought it was, it, it was, it was good. I think it was pretty solid, but, um, you know, it it got a little bit a little bit interesting because I know in the original one, and, and there will be spoilers. I mean, the book's like what twenty some odd years old. Mm-hmm. Like on the original one, the one kid who was like sheltered all his life in the first movie, he um, he never got married and lived with his mom. And this one, he ended up like marrying this like controlling person who was just like his mom. So you'd see little differences here and there. And then the comedian guy, in there was just. And he was a lot more vulgar in the, you know, part one of It. Yeah. You know, that came out a couple of years ago. But in this one, he, he starts out with him talking about, uh, like, an adult joke <laughs> right, out the, right out the bat.
0: Well, I heard in the beginning of the second It, there is like, a homosexual couple to get, like, murdered or something.
2: Yep. so they had that, which I saw a bunch of people complaining about. They were like, oh, you know, It's like, you know, he doesn't like gay people. Well... Well, yeah. I mean, he doesn't like any people. He eats. Yeah. He eats kids all the Like that was the whole thing. Like the old one, like, you know, I'd rather, I'd be more upset at someone who kills a kid than, you know, who kills an adult who happens to be gay. Like, because kids are, you know, kids, like kids are generally innocent, you know, and adults, even if you're a straight adult, gay adult, you know, you don't have that same sort of, you know, stuff as a kid. So I don't see why they have that selective outrage. Like, Oh, you know, well, I guess it's the left in general, though. It's like, oh yeah, they like to kill kids, anyways, because you know, look at Planned Parenthood. Abortion. Parent. Yeah, yeah, like you know, it's, it's fine if you do that, but you know, don't you know, have the it like the monster Pennywise eat you know a homosexual. So,
0: is Pennywise a Democrat?
2: <laughs> I I guess. Well, I mean, he ate he ate him. Yeah. But that was another interesting thing too, and, and I mean, I in the first one, I was under the impression that. Pennywise did not eat adults. He yeah, and he
0: eats adults in the second one. I heard.
2: Yeah, he. I mean, in the first one, he ate like you know he'll attack adults who've seen him as a kid, and that was part of the lore. But in this one, he like straight up ate an adult, and that's unlike the tri- the character traditionally. So that I mean, I never read the book, so I don't know which is more realistic. I mean, there was a whole they they did they you know spoiler alert they did not include the uh, dumpster or not the dumpster the sewer. yeah the sewer orgy scene but uh, yeah I mean I can see why they probably wouldn't want to put that in a movie because you know they were all kids at that time in there and that would have been a little bit awkward it's just kind of crazy that like Stephen King would even think of putting that in a book Stephen King is a
0: screwed up dude let me tell you
2: I'm all for artistic freedom you can do whatever you want that's just it it just did not seem like it's it's
0: unnecessary
2: yeah like no like you know, when I was a kid, I probably would have thought of something like that. I'd be like, in, like, high school, like, <laughs> what if we have this, like, serious <laughs> scene? You know, like, yeah. serious? Like, no. Yeah. No, that, I just, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I, I didn't think it was a bad movie. I thought it was, it was it was pretty good. Now, I wouldn't put it on the boat. Like, I still think The Conjuring Part 2 is probably one of my favorite horror movies, like, ever made.
0: My favorite's The Shining and Psycho. Those two are great. On-
2: I didn't think The Shining was really that much of a horror. Like, it wasn't really scary. It was more of, like,
0: you know... It's a psychological horror, and that's more the type of horror I like. I don't like the jump-scary, you know, type horror. That just sort of annoys me. But I do like those sort of horror movies that make you feel dreadful and, like, oh, my God. This is, like, creepy and those sort of things. Like, I think The Shining is just... It it builds a great atmosphere, which is hard to do. And I'm always a fan of atmosphere and stuff. Like, there's a lot of stuff that I like. That you, you like. I know like, when I think of like my top movies, they all have a certain. At- they all have atmosphere, and atmosphere is something that it's hard to describe, but something that you do get from certain films. Adds like another layer to, it, and that's what I like. It's like,
2: who who directed that? Kubrick. I, like, see, I I I love, love most so of He could be a little bit like, of a snob himself, like, oh, you're going to make these most, like, hipster, you know, sort of bait movies, but, you know, I think he did a fair job, you know, I like I like The Shining, I liked, um, what was it, um, the No, no Eyes Watching or whatever. Like, no Eyes know. Wide Shut. Yeah, I, I like that one.
0: You <laughs> that know, was a he, red-pilling movie.
2: <laughs> oh, and I think one of the best war movies of all time, you know, Full Metal Jacket.
0: You know? Oh, yeah, yeah.
2: Like, he, he's did some pretty good movies. And, like, you know, I don't think there's anyone really like him today. I think movies,
0: the like, two closest I could even come to are Nolan and Villeneuve. Villeneuve did a rival, uh, Sakara and Muchvarth in uh, 2049. But, you know, I think it's uh, with Kubrick, what I always liked about him was that he had your plot, your story, your characters. That all That's all good. He had some meaning to it. He has all the the stuff you need for a great movie. And then if there is pretentious stuff or stuff that's like a little artsy or a little out there, that's just only another layer on it. That's not the whole movie. Like um, I always put best example. I always point to is like the catcher in the Rye. That's something that's just pure fluff, pretentious, artsy fartsy stuff like there's nothing no substance to that book to me it's so pointless Like, he just goes around new york talking to people he hires a prostitute just to talk to her there's no story there's no plot there's no character arc in any way i don't get that book
2: <laughs> like the first incel like book, <laughs> yeah
0: yeah that was the original incel uh literature
2: yeah, like maybe it was so boring that inspired like the one guy to go and shoot John Lennon. Yeah. I mean, I actually, like read that book, and he was like, "God, this this just sucks." You know, what else can I do to go make people like feel as crappy as I do now? Oh, there's John Lennon. I don't like that guy.
0: <laughs> do you think this Joker movie will cause any incel violence?
2: I think that people just started on 4chan as a prank. It's like the OK sign. You know, they started as a prank and the media picked up on it. And, and speaking of that, did you? Yeah. That article I posted, uh, I, I sent I sent an mm-hmm. article the other day with uh, the OK sign, and, like, someone literally got fired for that.
0: Oh, my God.
2: Like, he was working at, I think it was Orlando's studio, and there was, like, this picture he took with this kid. He did the OK sign, and the parents went through it, and then, like, they called up the company, they fired him, and, like, they're then they complained to Orlando, and they were, like, trying to get free tickets out of it, and they hired a lawyer. Was, I think like, the ADL
0: guy. made it an official hate symbol now.
2: Well, no, they, they literally ruined that guy's life. You probably had no idea what this what what this was. Yeah, you know, like, like what's going on over there? Like where you would actually throw someone's life like that? So like, what if that dude? What, you, I don't know about that dude. You know, what if he was, uh, you know, you had a family and he end up completely destroying his life and he, now now he's gonna have all these articles probably associated with him. They'd be like, oh, this guy's flashing like hate symbols, you know. And I think the the parents involved with that. I think you know they're terrible people. Yeah. Because they're doing that to that guy, and they're they literally hired a lawyer. It's like you. I think the dude molested your kid, but all he did was throw up a sign that was innocuous, and that you know Barack Obama used. Like mm-hmm.
3: everybody
2: used that sign, and people took a 4chan thread seriously, and now they think. And it's it, it, it's true. Like every time they they make these reactions, they. You know they they kind of prove the people on Fortune right that they can turn any sign to a hate symbol to troll the left,
3: mm-hmm,
0: yeah, I know they do this all the time. It's so silly, like I said, you can't joke around and have fun anymore, you can't do innocuous things like the okay sign like it's absolutely silly, uh and I'm also seeing I just googled the Joker movie. Michael Moore called the Joker a masterpiece. He says the great danger to society may be if. Trying to load this. Sorry for killing the anticipation there, but um, the internet here is being slow. which is unusual, <laughs> typical Penn State. Oh uh, God, it's not even loading. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's so silly because, like I said, the, the, the these left wing mops are just killing fun. They're killing comedy. They're killing just just being able to live your life in a way we used to live in not too long ago. And there was no problems with it. You know, like, these people are becoming the people that they hate. They hate the, you know, religious right for saying that Marilyn Manson, you know, uh, inspired Columbine. Well, now they're doing it with the, with the Joker movie, saying that, oh, the movie's going to inspire incels to shoot up movie theaters. Like, are you kidding me?
2: Uh, they're They're nuts. Yeah. They need, they like literally need to go and like get checked out. Cause they literally think they see these like fake things and completely normal stuff all the time. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's beyond frustrating because like, what can you do? Like, how can you fight against this? And, it's, and a lot of innocent people are going to be caught up in the crossfire when you start you know, declaring things hate symbols. Like who, who put the ADL or Southern Poverty Law Center into this position where they can just deem whatever they feel like as a hate symbol? Like mm-hmm. someone needs to take them to court. Like I hope this guy sues the Anti-Defamation League for lost wages, and I hope he sues um, what you call it, the the place he was working at for unright for unrightful termination. I mean, I doubt, I mean the, the laws in this country can be a little bit hard to to win something like that, but you know he really deserves it because what he what happened to him, there was no there was no just cause for that. You know, so some fringe group declares, you know, a, a hand symbol to be a hate, to be a hate symbol out of the blue, you know?
0: And why do we give them such authority on this sort of stuff? They have no so, credibility. Uh,
2: the left are lazy people. They can't go and decide for themselves. Like, oh, you know, like they put the OK hand sign the same day basis so you'd find like swastikas and, you know, clan robes mm-hmm. like that, like what's that saying to people who are like actually like neo-nazis and then you see people who are just flashing the okay sign like, oh no, you know, this, like you're going to say everyone's a Nazi and then you're going to get to the point where like, oh, you know, Bob like eventually that's what it's going to be. It's like, oh, Bob was a, um, you know, Bob did this and you know, I guess he's a, um, white supremacist now. And, but then the actual, like it's going to devalue the term.
0: Yeah, like, exactly. Could, and it, it actually it, makes more, it makes, in, their, in a way, they almost make white supremacy more, um, you know, not as scary as it used to be or not as, uh, uh, you know, d- as a dirty word as it used to be. Because people will just be like, oh, they're calling me a white supremacist even though I'm not one? No, it's not a big deal. You know, they they, they devalue it, which is dangerous.
2: That's why, I like the, that's why I think the alt-right's like, you know, as big as it is today is because, like, they literally called Republicans Nazis for the longest time and they still do it. It's like, oh, so... What do you have to go and lose if you actually become a Nazi at that point?
3: Mm-hmm. I think
2: that's what, what, what's happening right now. It's like they don't really have much to get. Like you know, I'm, they, they see this it, like, oh well, you know, I'm already called this, so you know, it, I don't know. It's the boy who cried Nazi. It's like Chicken Little. It, it's annoying and it's really gonna cause all these problems. And it's the left's fault. There's no one else you can blame other than maybe like, you know, Republicans. Who are spineless and just accept every like you don't believe in anything like you know the sort of you know cuckold Republican country club conservative college Republican sort of group.
0: Yeah,
2: I mean, they're the worst, okay, oh, they allow this yeah. to be in place.
0: I finally got that article up uh, about of the Joker movie with Michael Moore uh, talking about it, and he said uh, in a Facebook post he says. Uh I suggest uh the opposite of people like saying that you know you shouldn't see this movie. He said, quote, the greater danger of society may be if you don't go to see this movie, because the story it tells and the issues it raises are so profound, so necessary that if you look away from the genius of this work of art, you will miss the gift of the mirror it is offering us. Yes, there's a disturbed clown in that mirror, but he's not alone. We're standing right there beside him, uh uh, he goes on to talk about it a bit, but he says, you know, it's not a. Uh, he says this quote, but this movie's not about Trump. It's about the America that, that gave us Trump, the America which feels no need to help the outcast, the, the destitute, the America where the filthy rich just get richer and filthier.
2: Like Michael Moore?
0: <laughs> yeah, literally. Uh, oh,
2: like that. That, that whole I mean, class. Like to go and like demonize everyone, but then it's like, you know, they're, they're like, oh, yeah, the wealthy, meaning tax one percent. Like, dude, you are the one percent. Like, just give your mind charity.
0: Yeah, what do you guys even want to talk about? I really have nothing left other than the fact that Twitter took down uh Trump's um nickelback parody, uh, which oh my is God, that, that yeah. was
2: perfect, that was beautiful when I saw that. Yeah, like. <laughs> Dude, like Do it, they it, not
0: understand how fair use works? Parody is protected under fair use. There's no copyright BS. Mm-hmm.
2: It was literally like it was a five like a five second clip. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's right. Yeah, you know, I guess they want to ban
1: memes now. Mm-hmm. I I talked about this. I talked about this on my Twitter page, which is dictator Phil, by the way. One word dictator Phil. Yeah, at dictator That's Phil. That's my Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> so one of the things that I s that that I said was, um, I felt like, I felt like Donald Trump and, you know, Stephen Crowder had a similar instance with Warner Brothers, uh, for, um, for d- making a copyright claim, uh, for the use of like, he made a kiss, like he made a kiss video basically where he was saying, uh, he was mocking. Well, he's saying, Oh, they call me Dr. Trump, which was like yeah. a, a parody of Dr. Love. But like which was funny, by the way. But anyway, um, so so both of the both of those were made by were both of the um copyright claims were made uh by Warner by Warner Brothers. Is so that like like the copyright owners? And I was saying I was saying on my Twitter page Uh, that if I was them, I would probably sue Warner brothers. And the reason for that is, um, so I think it was last year, the ninth circuit, uh, they ruled that copyright owners must consider fair use before filing a copyright takedown notice. Like they must consider fair use and
3: Mm -hmm.
1: and so it's so they said like if you you ever see the uh i I know nobody really reads legal stuff but um so uh section 512 of the digital millennium copyright act uh states that that um the penalties for misrepresentation or like false copyright claims can include actual damages and attorney fees so um they could um i mean they 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 could just do it just for legal fees alone you saw donald trump do it with uh Brittany daniels i think was that her name uh, the porn star stormy daniels uh, stormy daniels what? Yeah, yeah whatever um and then uh b- but because like when you look at the video right you, you talk about like what, what what determines fair use uh there were par- parody it was a parody there were parody situations outside of the original material uh they played no little to no material of the actual original material right um and then it didn't they don't those parodies really don't have a legitimate effect on the original material. And in fact, I'll go one step further. In many cases, it actually bumps. It actually sells more of that original product. Like you ever see like, yeah, that because you see like weird Al Yankovic and he always created those parodies. And what, what we found out was people actually bought more of the original product actually hearing the parodied product. So, I mean, I mean, they had a legitimate, they have a legitimate legal claim. Of course, you know, I don't, I don't know if they would actually go through with it. And, you know, legal battles are always, uh, terrible to go through, but like, that's something I really feel like that's something that should be done because we see, we see it on YouTube and Twitter all the time. Like people are getting taken down for copyright stuff and it's parody stuff and it's like, at what point do you just say enough is enough, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I, I think,
1: think it's silly. Thing. I th-
2: I think they're doing a really stupid move because they're, yep. they're giving the president of the United States a copyright takedown. And it's like, dude, he could be, in the next week, he could go and put up there, it's like, okay, we need to go and change the copyright laws in this country and then, like, at Universal.
1: <laughs> that See, that would be the excellent, like, troll well, move. Well, yeah, and do- and Donald Trump is probably the wrong politician to do that, too. As we've seen, he's not scared to sue people. He's sitting in the White House, and he has no qualms going after someone legally for anything. I mean, like
2: To be honest, I think the copyright whole claim thing would be a legitimate thing to go after because it's like not even yeah. just Trump. Like YouTubers get taken down all the time by copyright
1: yeah. abuse. Like they'll shut your channel down. you're not. And it's buy. yeah, and and there's legitimate financial cost that comes with it. You know, like, you know, because even like when you, like, you make a video, and it's trending, and then all of a sudden they take down the copyright thing, mm-hmm. it's no longer trending. That costs you. That costs you views. That costs you ad money. I mean, there's significant loss to something like that. And and like like yeah so, I mean, it's fair. It's fair if you go after somebody. I think it would be fair to go after somebody like that. And and again, and and you look at Donald Trump. He's a billionaire. Like I could I could go after somebody, you know, or Donald Trump. Like me, I couldn't go after nobody legally because I, like you know, lawyers are expensive. But you look at Donald Trump. Look, I got he has billions of dollars. And, you know, the resources to be able to punish somebody for doing something like that. there's um, like, the other
2: thing with that, too. It's like, you know, so on top of all that going on, you know, people, people can make their livelihoods off of YouTube, you know. And if you, yeah. like, 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 you get one strike, you lose your streaming access. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah.
0: that's like with our channel. Uh, I remember when I was uploading one of our episodes, I forgot to cut out the music in mm-hmm. during one of the breaks and I, had a, I was like mm-hmm. oh crap I quickly jumped on I privately I quickly got rid of the video and because did I didn't want anything to happen to our channel because they I remember when I had an older channel back in the early days of YouTube you know you could get caught co- you get copyright strikes, but they would just mute your video or something like that but now they go full-on your channel's going down you're not coming back you're gone and at the same time you know worse we just hit 100 subscribers which was a big deal for us. But getting that 100, oh, we hit 101, sorry. We have 101 subscribers now. Getting to that 100 is really hard. That's a big mm-hmm. hurdle to get over. Mm-hmm. Imagine if they you know, totally nuke your channel and you have to hit restart and start all over again, all over trying to get that. Like our Milo video is still our most watched video and will always be uh, until we get something bigger. <laughs> you never know what's gonna happen. But that just went over 4,120 views. We'd have to build all that back up again. And I, you can't do that. It just, it's hard.
2: To build a to build a YouTube channel from scratch, you know, like your first 100 subscribers is probably harder to get than like, you know, going from, you know, 100 to 1,000 yeah. just because like that's the way it works. So like, you know, you get someone like PewDiePie out there, you know, he gets a million new subscribers. It's like, oh. Now that's, that's relatively easy for someone at that level. It, it just gets, I think once you get like, you know, your first subscriber and then it, it's like these milestones, it, it's almost like it gets easier the more you get because they, you know, they'll see it and then it'll start recommending people these videos. But once you just start making videos, it's hard to really break out there. Like you have to really advertise that. But once yeah. it starts getting off the ground, they'll start doing that themselves as long as the, uh, you know, the algorithms aren't against, you
0: yeah and then also keep in mind at our level, we can't even get mon apply for monetization yet. You have to hit a thousand subscribers and you have to get a certain number of views uh I guess per year or something I forget what it is, but well, they made it even harder now they did, yeah, you and know? I don't understand why, but it's still oh God, it's hard for you know people to now start up YouTube channels and to get up there like they they they're just doing so many things that hurts the little guy on YouTube and helps their big guys that are like their you know John Olivers and all these people that go on the they get on the trending page, they get all the views, but the content that you know is of their creators, their original grassroots creators, they just don't seem to care about those people anymore.
2: Here's the thing with all that too, it's like this all happened, I think, as a result of the adpocalypse. Yeah. You know, like, or, like, you know, if people, if that would have never happened, because, like, you used to be able to get a lot more money from YouTube, too, because there had a lot more advertisers who'd pay more money. But now, because the left and cancel culture, you know, they were like, oh, I don't want my ads associated with any of these videos. And people don't understand, you know. And that's, I guess, a flaw with YouTube's uh, revenue. It's like advertisers can't go and really st- – uh, to my knowledge, you know, I don't think they can really choose what videos their ads get showed on.
0: And and so. imagine if you're a super controversial character, like we'll use Miles' example here. You build up these big followings, and they take away your channel. Like they've killed your your life, basically. They've killed your your uh, income because he has like almost a million subscribers on YouTube. But he even said somewhere he's afraid to upload now on YouTube because he, he's been told that once he uploads something, he's going to get taken down. Gone. You know, it's and again, like he says, all start this apocalypse where they were saying, you know, we're not going to advertise on anything that's controversial or that's edgy or stuff like that. And now it just gets worse where it's like, well, if you do post something controversial or edgy, we're just going to take your down. We're going to take your whole thing down. And it's really annoying because now these voices that are fun, interesting—they're getting suppressed, and this makes them less popular. This makes them less noticed, uh, less you know attention being drawn to them. Because these tech giants have a lot of power.
2: It used to have like YouTube networks used to go and be able to help with some of that stuff, but like th- those things too, a lot of them are scams. Like they're not, they're not like give you pennies on the dollar, but now it's like. You know, I don't, I don't know if there's a, resur- you know, there ought to be a resurgence of something like that just because they're the only real way to go and make any money. It seems like unless you make just an absurd amount of like, you know, a million plus subscribers, you know, and you're going to want to have that level of, you know, cause like if you had a uh, network, they will work with YouTube to go and like, if your video gets shut down, they'll get it back up stuff like that.
3: Yeah.
2: If you're just an independent YouTuber, it's, it's really hard, you know? And I wish that they had like another, you know, I wish there was another platform out there that would go and have maybe better for advertisers. Because YouTube, YouTube's not a video platform, it's an advertiser platform. Yes. Like that yet to think that's how they make their money. Like Google isn't a search engine provider, they're an advertising, a targeted advertising provider. Yes. That's how everything works. So if we have someone that comes up with a better, you know, advertiser model, then you'll see I think that's one way you could really get it. Because a lot of these, you know, tech platforms they're going about it the wrong way. I think they're trying to go and appeal to the content creator, but what they need to go and do is appeal to the advertisers and give them more power. I think Mm -hmm. in what they want to go and sponsor and what they don't want to be associated with. Mm -hmm. Cause you know, I mean, I can understand if you end up like, you know, you're, I don't know, like Chick-fil-A or something. And you see your, your advertisement on like a neo-Nazi video or something, or like, uh, you know, an adult party time video, I'd be upset too, you know, but, There, to my knowledge, they don't really have much saying what their videos get in. Like maybe, if there's a way where you could like create like users could create their own like, sort of networks, and then they would like I know they have the YouTube networks, but it's like not really through YouTube. That's like, around it, you know, something like that.
0: Speaking of Milo, we didn't mention this the other week because of our uh, cosmic Rebecca guest, but did you see that he was banned from a furry convention? Yeah.
2: See, that's fine they ban him but they don't ban people who actually like
0: pedophiles
2: <laughs> yeah pedophiles and people you know bestiality people like that like all these things are disturbingly common within that whole community I mean you know they need to work on that themselves like they need to work on cleaning up their image cleaning up their act, because the stuff mm-hmm. I see and the stuff I hear from their communities it, it needs some work like why is why isn't you know the left you know they they say they are pro women and all this other stuff why aren't they going after that whole community
0: yeah they need to reform the furry community it's a very it's weird subculture women. I've only seen like two furries in my entire life but they're just like like who does
2: that if you're if you're listening over here and you're furry you know you're more than welcome to go and call in we we're interested. Yeah, we'd love to go and have some thoughts from someone who's actually in there maybe to dispel some of the rumors but from the stuff that i've seen there's a lot of just really disturbing stuff like down to the core of that community and i don't know how you can really fix that you know like it's gonna require like a whole shift in how you opt like how that community does things because the fact that they like you know allow these people who do these things into that community at all like they don't just immediately ban them and be like hey we don't want to associate with you that's telling you know that you would that they don't just like condemn to my knowledge these like pedophiles and uh you know people committing BCL like that should be their first thing but you don't really see that as much
0: it's a good point to end on. Uh, I'm going to talk to you guys off air for a little bit uh, about something that happened recently, but we're going to go uh, roll out here. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to Real News again. Your honest and fun political talk show um, brought to you every week on the line, 90.7 FM. We're going to play Tears for Fears Shout as we roll out tonight into the next hour. We'll see the Joker movie this week, and we'll all have a awesome review for you uh, next Saturday of Joker. We'll give you the real red-pilled review of if it's actually good or not thank you for listening we'll be back next week with more real news